Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, that because we have met together here today, life may grow greater for those who have lost faith in it, simpler for those who are confused by it, more secure for those who would escape it, happier for those who may be tasting the bitterness of it, safer for those who are feeling the peril of it, more friendly for those who are feeling the loneliness of it, and holier for all to whom life may have lost its dignity, its beauty, and its meaning. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I love, I love when Jesus talks in parables. Well, most of the time. As someone who actually values clarity a lot, the parables can be obnoxious. But for the most part, I love the parables because I'm also someone who loves story. And the parables, they open up for us a variety of ways in which we can engage with what Jesus is trying to teach. To refresh your memory, the 14th chapter of Luke's Gospel, the chapter right before what we heard today, finds Jesus telling many crowds, many crowds of people, that they must give up all of their possessions. They must hate their mother and father and even hate themselves if they are truly to be his disciple. So perhaps it is uh, not a coincidence that at the beginning of the 15th chapter, the only people who are left are the sinners and the tax collectors and, of course, those grumbling Pharisees and scribes. We, us modern listeners... We don't have the cover of many crowds to find an anonymous place in these verses. We are either sinners or grumblers. Surrounded by sinners and grumblers alike, Jesus tells a series of parables, and we hear two of them this morning. And I'll tell you this right now. If we hang on and we stay with Jesus, we have to remember that Jesus is good news for all people. Which means that the parables we hear today are good news for both the sinners and the tax collectors and the Pharisees and the scribes. The parable of the shepherd leaving the 99 to find the one sheep, and the parable of the woman who lost her coin. It is good news for all. It is good news for you. Where we find ourselves in the parable, the lost, the safely kept, the one who searches, or even the community that gathers to rejoice in the good news of the found. Wherever you find yourself, 
It is good news. However, as Luke's gospel progresses and what we don't hear in these ten verses is that the Pharisees and scribes respond to a whole collection of parables, including the parable of the prodigal son, which begins in the very next verse. Well, those Pharisees and scribes, they are committed to grumbling. Apparently, the good news is not good news to them. And they grumble. It's a fantastic word. The Greek word that we translate as grumbling is diagonuzo. Diagonuzo. You can see my Greek transcripts later and you'll know why. Now, it, tra- it is translated as grumbling or complaining. But a more accurate translation might actually mean to murmur. Murmur. Because the word actually is meant to be a certain kind of complaining, a murmuring that is both intended to be heard by the one that they're complaining about, but mostly, mostly it is intended to be a kind of complaining that upholds the complainers in their discontent. It's not complaining that seeks to find understanding or to seek change, but it's complaining that is meant to uphold one's righteousness, one's own perspective or point of view. And in fact, it is the same word that is used that we heard in our Old Testament reading when the Israelites murmur against Moses. Did he bring us out here just to die? At least when we were slaves in Egypt, we had bread. This kind of murmuring or grumbling indicates to us that no matter what Jesus says, what parable is offered, no matter what, a hardness of heart is in place for those Pharisees and scribes, and Jesus will never be good news. Now, how many of you have heard a sermon on these parables? Right? These are some of the, like, better-known ones. And I don't know about you, but in all of the sermons that I've heard, I've been asked to ponder... Am I a lost sheep? Am I of the 99? Or maybe I'm the shepherd. Or am I that woman who is seeking for the coin that is found? Am I the coin lost but still in the house? I don't actually recall ever being asked to wonder if I was a sinner tax collector, a Pharisee, or a scribe. Or to put it another way, I have never been asked, am I one who is open to the good news of Jesus Christ? Or am I a grumbling murmurer 
too entrenched in my worldview and my perspective and my way of doing things. This is not new to us. We see this in our families, in our communities, it's even in our churches. We murmur when a family member is gifted with something and we are not. We murmur in our cities and in our country and in the world when we perceive that people have been gifted with something that they do not deserve. I've even seen it in the clergy. They're the worst. <laughs> they murmur at the success of their colleagues. They murmur at what their colleagues make. They murmur at the liturgy, the wrong liturgy, and the wrong music, and the wrong way of everything of other churches. <laughs> I've heard parishioners murmur. Murmur when they don't like changes that have been made. I've heard parishioners murmur about each other when someone stumbles or even flat out fails. Both of these parables conclude with the gathering of friends and family and community to rejoice that what had been lost is found. And I'll be honest, with all of the murmuring going around in this day and age, I would imagine that crowd to be small, very small, should it have occurred today. When I become truly depressed with the state of the world, it can be really hard to see a world that can rejoice for others' well-being if they themselves don't benefit. Grumbling, murmuring, it prevented the Pharisees and scribes from extending grace. Grace to those who were clearly suffering. If sin, often defined as being separated from God, the grumbling and murmuring kept the Pharisees and the scribes from finding compassion and grace for the tax collectors and sinners who have been separated from and are coming closer to God. No grace, no mercy for those who are finding the good news. In fact, grumbling and murmuring, it prevented the Pharisees and scribes from finding the good news for themselves. I have been lost in my life, and I have experienced what it is to be found. I have rejoiced with others in the finding of good news, and I, I have grumbled, and I have murmured. Yesterday, 
Leaders from across the cathedral sat in these very pews and listened to a retired Oklahoma City police officer, now a professional security consultant, share all of the ways in which we are vulnerable and how we can best be protected when we gather here. And it involved a lot of reminders to be aware, to be observant, but also to be open and hospitable. It was two hours well spent, and I promise that you will hear more about how we will be implementing new security procedures here at the cathedral soon. I closed our time together yesterday morning by reminding those gathered that with all of the changes of life and circumstance, with the changes born from the pandemic, with changes in leadership here at the cathedral, and with changes in worship, how important conversation, open and honest conversation, born from a place of curiosity, how important open and honest conversation, born out of curiosity with the right people, how truly important that is. Grumbling and murmuring, it can cut off grace, and it can cut off the good news. It can be just as dangerous to a community as a fire or an active shooter. Beloveds, we gather, we gather as a community because we have been touched by the good news because we desire to be touched by the good news. We gather together because we are lost or we have been found, because we seek or because, because someone has seen our search. My prayer for all of us, myself included, is that we would not get in the way of the good news of Jesus Christ, not for others and not for ourselves. Amen.